You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Wow. Donnie told me that he was just going to say some weird stuff about me, so that was really nice. Thank you, Donnie. Um, <laughs> today we're actually just going to be continuing in the home stretch, finishing the Journey of Faith series, and we're actually nearing the end. This is, we're in chapter 11, and there's two more chapters of Hebrews. Um, but honestly, I mean, the whole book of Hebrews reads really smoothly. It's like a sermon that, that the author was preaching as he was writing it, and it continues so nicely from chapter 10. So I'm just going to read really quickly the end of chapter 10 which is 10, 36 through 39, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and not delay. And but my righteous one will live by faith and I will take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. So, that's awesome. I know last week we talked a lot about those who do not shrink back, and this is kind of what we're talking about today, the the faith that saves us, the faith that comes from not shrinking back. And Hebrews 11 is often called the hall of faith, is what I was told it was called when I was little, or um, the faith hall of fame. And um, basically what happens in chapters Chapter 11 is there's this list of all these people who in the Old Testament were shown to have amazing faith. And whenever I was little in Sunday school, I grew up in church, um, and I remember the Sunday school teachers would, you know, gather us around in a circle, and we would sit on either on the floor in these, like, tiny chairs that if you tried to sit on them now, you'd be, like, down here. And um, they would put us around what's called a felt board. And I don't know if any of you remember felt boards or if you're familiar with a felt board, but... When I was younger, I thought that it was a magical board because they would take an ordinary piece of paper and it would stick right to the felt board. And I I knew there wasn't glue on it because they can pull it right back off. I had no clue what was going on. And if you got to be the the kid, the student in the class that got to stick something to the felt board, oh my gosh, you knew that day was going to be good. So, so they gathered us around, and that day that we learned about the Faith Hall of Fame or the Hall of Faith, they had all of the inductees of the Hall of Faith on these cut out of paper, and uh, they would stick them to the board, and maybe there was like Hall of Fame theme things like footballs or baseballs um, or stars or like, sometimes there's walks of fame, so maybe there was like a sidewalk picture, I don't know what was going on. Um, but they had this Hall of Fame theme, and that got me thinking about today, you know, we're talking about the Faith Hall of Fame and the Hall of Faith, and I was wondering about other halls of fame, and I actually looked up the plural of Hall of Fame, too, so it's Halls of Fame, because I really wanted to call it the Hall of Fames. That doesn't make sense. Um, (laughs) But there are so many different kinds of Halls of Fame. Um, The ones that we're familiar with are, like, the College Football Hall of Fame, or the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Rhythm Rhythm and Blues Hall of Fame, um, or the what else? Oh, the Polka Hall of Fame. That one sounds cool. I don't know any of the inductees of that one. There's the Mascot Hall of Fame. Sounds pretty awesome. And then there's the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame, which I thought maybe they just weren't familiar enough with the Pro Football Hall of Fame, so they made their own. Um, there's the NASCAR Hall of Fame and the WWE Hall of Fame, but my very favorite 
of all of them was the National Inventors Hall of Fame because the inventor of Velcro, which is kind of like those felt boards, the inventor of Velcro is in that Hall of Fame, and Thomas Edison is in the National Inventors Hall of Fame. And I thought that was so cool because I kind of have fancied myself a bit of an inventor, um, a bit of a failed inventor. I had this idea when I was probably like 14, or I was homeschooled, so I had a lot of time on my hands to just like think crazy ideas. Um, and wait, no. This must have been younger. I was younger than that. I must have been like fourth grade when I thought of this. And you will be very impressed with me. I had this idea. Why do we keep taking the load of laundry out of the washer and into the dryer? So I thought, I'm going to invent a washer slash dryer, and it's going to take away the middle step. I'm going to get rich. I drew up plans. I um, wrote a diagram. I knew nothing about mechanics. I'm sure it wouldn't have worked. But I, I went and I looked up to see if I could get a patent. Like, I was very motivated. And I looked, and someone had already thought of it. It is already an invention. And there are probably people in this room that have a washer and dryer, and it is not, I'm not getting any royalties from that, just so you know. But um, I also have had, like, oh, everyone's saying the word bay now that, nowadays. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but people say bay. It means before anything else. It doesn't, it's not short for babe. And some friends and I were talking, and we had this idea to create a website called eBay. And it would be like a dating website. And we thought how cool that would be, and it'd be like current, and everyone, it would be like the, the best new website. And I checked that day that we were talking about it, and somebody already thought of it. And it's no eHarmony, so I wouldn't tell you guys to go look at it. Um, I've also had just like business ideas. I, I thought maybe... Um, oh, I've had ideas for cat t-shirts that I was going to develop and sell, and just a ton of Etsy ideas. Like, I was going to have an Etsy business to sell pillows. Still going to do that. So, just so everyone knows, come talk to me about my Etsy business. I'm not selling anything yet, but I will. Um, but there, I've had a lot of ideas. I've had a lot of great ideas. And most of those ideas, business ideas, invention ideas, they never came to fruition. And I, there's been a lot of reasons why they failed. Maybe I got too tired or bored of the idea. Or maybe it was too hard. Um, maybe I got into it and it just was more work than I thought it was going to be. Or I just honestly failed at it. And I wonder if some of you in here probably have had maybe a little bit of the same experience where you had an idea and it was going to be the thing in your life. It was going to be the thing you're created to do. And you started doing it. And when you started out, you had a hope and a dream. And it was going to be the thing that changed your legacy. But maybe when you got into it, it ended up just being different than you thought. And maybe you ended up kind of in a hopeless nightmare. So I don't know if maybe you're feeling hopeless today or wondering what to do when you feel like giving up, tempted to give up, and you know you shouldn't. Or maybe you've already given up. Maybe you've already thrown in the towel um, and fortunately, Hebrews 11 is full of a lot of great examples of people who sacrificed everything because they knew that God had a wild plan and they wanted to be a part of that wild plan. So we're going to get into Hebrews 11 and uh, talk about all of those people in the Hall of Faith. But first, let's pray. God, I thank you that your word never fails, that you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, forever, God. God, I thank you that we have been given dreams and hopes, Lord, that you have given us visions for the future, Lord. Thank you that we are a part of your big plan. Lord, I ask that you would touch the people in the room today who are feeling hopeless, 
feeling despair, disappointment, Lord. God, I ask that those who in the room feel like a failure, God, that you would prove to them that their time is not over, God, and that you do have something planned for them and that it is big, God. Lord, I pray that you would guide my words and say only what you want me to say, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. So if you haven't already, you can open up your Bibles to Hebrews 11, or you can go to um, the YouVersion app, or you can go to the Riverside app and open up to the live event and just follow along. We're going to be all in Hebrews 11 today, not too much moving around. Um, But our first thought today is that a life of faith will be wild. Hebrews 11, 1 through 2 starts out, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. This is what the ancients were commended for. So that first idea, you know, you have to be a little bit crazy to have faith. It's the kind of faith where you see things that others can't see, right? It's the kind of crazy where you're going to forge ahead where it'd be easier to turn back or other people are turning back. And it's the kind of crazy that just is weird to the common person. But technically, everyone in here, even if you don't know it, you are a person of faith. You might not feel like a person of faith, but you are, and I can prove it to you. Because when you walked in this room, you, without hesitation, most likely, some of you more easily than others, sat down in the chair. And you might not have sat down comfortably because they're not padded and we got them for our students, but you sat down and you had faith that that chair was going to hold you. Also, whenever you start your car in the morning, you have faith that it's going to turn on. Some of you might be familiar, like I am, with cars that you didn't have faith that they were going to turn on. So I've definitely gone and turned my car and said a prayer as I turned it on, and then sometimes it didn't start, sometimes it did. But um, you also, whenever you um, just walk outside in the morning, you have faith that the world you remembered yesterday is going to be there. So you are all people of faith, and that is very exciting because that is where we start. But that's common faith. It's weird the world And it's still crazy. It's crazy to say that I believe something, right? But first, this verse says, the assurance of things hoped for. It is the assurance of things hoped for. And faith and hope are two sides of the same coin. They're both really weird. They're both wild and crazy. But you have to start with one. You have to start with hope. So in this sermon, sort of, that I had mentioned in Hebrews... Um, first week we started on a journey. We started with kind of the thesis of what he was saying, and he keeps going, proving his points more and more, the author. And he starts off with um, Jesus gets the final word. And then he moves into that faith, that, that hope is the anchor for our soul. That's Hebrews 6.19. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul. He moved on to the fact that Jesus is the great high priest And that because of Jesus, we have the assurance that we can approach the throne of God. And because of all of these things, we have faith. But behind all faith is this hope. So he goes on, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. So what's the underlying hope in this idea here, in this idea that God formed the world? Well, I personally hope that I was made for a purpose. So with the belief that God made things that we see out of what is not visible and with the hope that we are made for a purpose, we have faith that God is going to lead us towards something bigger, 
and better. Faith is the courage to forge ahead to a better future through God's power working in us. So this is what those ancients that he's talking about, it's a weird word, but he's just talking about the people in the Old Testament. This is what those ancients were commended for. They had the wild faith that God was calling them to be something bigger and something better and something more important, which is something I can resonate with. So every step following that is a step that we are believing and trusting that God is who he says he is, who he has revealed himself to be, and that's what pleases God. Hebrews 11.6 goes on and says, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So we see through that that a life of wild faith pleases God. A life of wild faith pleases God because we have to have faith that he exists in order to approach him, right? That pleases him. That's the first step. So all of these people listed in this long list, we're not going to get to all of them, but all of them started with this core belief in God. They had different purposes and different dreams, and God had given them vastly different instructions. For example, Abel, who is listed first, was given the very simple instruction to worship God the way he had told him to. And he had faith and did that, but that one simple decision cost him his life. It was very simple, but very costly. And uh, then Noah is on the list next, and he had faith to build a boat for a flood when the world around him and him had not even really seen rain. So that was wild faith. And then Abraham had to have faith when he was instructed to go into lands he didn't know, and then have faith whenever God told him he was going to be given a son against great odds. And then he was instructed to sacrifice his son, that son. So his hope behind that was the promise that God had already given him about his son and his generations to come. And he had faith that God would make a way. And he did. He did. So one thing that the author of Hebrews says is, all of these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a country for them. So you might be asking, does that mean that I can be a person of faith and still not get what I hope for? Or maybe you're asking, does that mean that I can fall short or fail, or that I might pay a price to follow Jesus? Yes, yes to all of those things, yes. All of that is true. So maybe you're wondering, why should I follow Jesus? Well, because God is more pleased in the person who fails because they've stepped out in faith, and they don't do it, doesn't work out, than the person who fails because they never stepped out at all. Because a life of wild faith doesn't look back. We're not meant for this world. The verse says, we're not meant for the world. We're not meant for yesterday. We are foreigners and strangers, as the verse says. But God has plans and dreams for us that while we're occupying this land, we need to be living out. And we need to have faith in order to see those dreams come true. And I'm not going to worry too much about what happens or what the world says about me or thinks about me. If I know that my God is pleased with me, and if I know that my creator is working behind the scenes, 
Because the thing that I need you to remember today that's most important today is that confidence in the hereafter gives us courage in the here and now. And sometimes walking in faith is actually dangerous to our well-being. Just like Abel died for having faith, Moses is listed, and uh, he is in this covenant. He's one of the, most, the people that we remember most, right? Whenever we're at, in Sunday school or even, um, you know, if you've watched the movie The Prince of Egypt, which I've watched about a billion times, he faced opposition all along, as you'll see in the wonderful movie The Prince of Egypt. <clears throat> and... Uh, he, the, the verse 25 says, He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. So don't believe it when people say that you'll know that you're living your best life if things are going easy for you, if it's going to be all smooth sailing, and if you're getting what you want all the time. Because that's not what matters. This is not the hall of fluff, right? It's the hall of faith. And these people in the list, the men and women in the list didn't live easy lives, but they led lives that mattered because a life of wild faith is bigger. It's bigger than what we think we want as our comforts. It's bigger than our mistakes that we've made. It's bigger than our doubts. It's bigger than the labels that either we've put on ourselves or the world has put on us or maybe our family has put on us. It's bigger than our circumstances. God has a plan for you. And this list would look a lot different if we looked at it through slightly different lenses. Um, Abraham gave his wife away so that he could save his own life. Sarah, his wife, laughed at God. Um, Jacob was an epically bad brother and pretty famous for a drunken mistake he made. Uh, Joseph was a tattletale and a brat. Moses, the one we just mentioned, killed a man in a fight. Samson had a rocky start and a rocky ending, to say the least. Uh, Gideon thought that he was just a farmer, and Rahab was a woman and a prostitute. So if you think that God can't use you because something is wrong with you, think again, please, because all the people on this list were deeply, deeply flawed, and God still used them. And we have access to the same powerful God that did miracles through these guys and women that are listed in this chapter. So, so I'm wondering, what are we doing with that power? We have access to it. What are we doing with it? Because faith isn't just something that gives us comfort when our pet dies or whenever we're feeling lonely or sad. And it's not just what we sing about when we're gathered around the Christmas tree. I don't know if you guys gather around the Christmas tree and sing, but maybe. But faith is a connection with this all-powerful creator of heaven and earth who has something better planned for us we might not see the better until we make it to the end of the race, but that's why we, we need faith. Um, I'm just going to read on because this is where the chapter gets really good, and I love it. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. 
There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging as in even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two, and they were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. Wow. That is wild. And the audience of this letter, this original audience, the followers of Jesus, they would have been encouraged because they were the ones that were choosing to be homeless, living kind of a really hopeless lifestyle sometimes in order to remain loyal to God and to Jesus. And I was reminded while reading that sometimes God works in crazy miracles on this side of heaven. Um, People were raised to life, escaping from the sword. Weaknesses turned to strength. But other times, we have to keep walking in faith even when things get really, really hard. Can we stay faithful whenever threatened with torture or being sought in two? Or worse, losing a job or a friend? Sometimes, like Rahab, Moses, and Gideon, faith will lead us out of the valley of the shadow of death. But other times, like Abel, Samson, and Isaiah, the one that was sought into, faith is going to walk us right into that valley. And I'm not trying to sound pessimistic, because maybe today you are in that valley, and maybe by faith you're going to walk out of the valley. But more importantly, can you have faith that God is with you in the valley? Can you have faith that he has a plan for you while you're in the valley? Do you have faith to step into what he has planned for you? Because a life of wild faith is a life of obedience, a life of wild obedience. So in this home stretch, as we're heading towards our goal, which is heaven, do you have the faith to obey God? We get to see these examples in the Old Testament, not just to prove that God did some really cool things in the Old Testament, but to prove to us that the God who did this has a better plan and that we're connected with those guys, right? Because we're in the same race. And that, to me, is wild. So, as I said, Hebrews 11 connects with Hebrews 10. Hebrews 11 connects with Hebrews 12. And Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 goes on. Therefore, since we are, have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So these men and women that we have talked about today, they're a part of our story. And because of that, we are a part of the story. So what would happen? if we all chose today to wildly follow Jesus? What would the world around you look like if you made the decision to step into the calling that God has for you? So here's the picture that this writer, this author, the preacher of Hebrews was trying to make for everyone. There's this stadium, and the people that were reading it would think of it as a coliseum, which is terrifying. And in the stands, the seats are full of fans that are cheering on the competitors down on the field who are battling the forces of evil, of hatred, of apathy, of sin, and hurt. And the people in, those fan, in the stands are the former competitors. Those are the inductees of the Hall of Faith. 
They're in the stands and they're going crazy cheering for their teammates. And that is me and you. So you, I don't know if you know this, but you do now, are playing a part in God's destiny. You are a person of destiny. And the people who crossed the finish line already are cheering you towards the finish line. So if you think you're not good enough, think again. We already said that. These people were not good enough. And if you think that you're not religious, religious enough, the people that we talked about today, they were just normal people. They weren't just like all pastors. Some of them were prophets, but even those people were just living their daily lives. And faith isn't what we need on Sundays. It's what we need on Monday whenever we head to work. Because anywhere where there's broken people or broken places or this fallen world, we need people of faith. So maybe you're also saying, I'm not in the hall of faith yet, thinking that you don't have enough faith. Well, that's true. You're not in the hall of faith yet because you're not dead yet. Thomas Edison, the person who is most important to me in the National Inventors Hall of Fame, died in 1937 but didn't get inducted into the National Hall of um, the National Inventors Hall of Fame, until 1973. And Jerome Bettis didn't get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame until he stopped playing football. So you have to finish the race to get into the Faith Hall of Fame. So as we're heading towards worship and towards a response and towards prayer, maybe you're thinking today, I want to be in the race. I'm not in the race yet. I want to be in the race. Well, good news. You can get in It's just a decision you have to make. It's just a jump onto the other side. And we're going to have people as we're heading towards worship that are going to be standing on either side ready to pray with you about that. You could pray at your seat. But you have to make the decision first to get into the race before you can keep going and be in the home stretch. Or maybe, maybe you're thinking you need the courage to forge ahead. Maybe you've bowed out and you need courage to get back in. I hope that you can hear the roaring cheer of those competitors who have gone before you, cheering you on, because that's our cloud of witnesses. Those are who are coming before us. Maybe you just need to know what to do next. Maybe you know that you're going to keep going. You already knew when you walked in today that you wanted to keep going and that you were in it for the long haul, but maybe you just need to know what to do next. God has a plan for you. And today, whenever you talk to Jesus while you're praying, He will, he will see you and hear you. And he will give you that next step in faith. And if you don't hear anything, just keep going in faith. Remember that God is more pleased with those who step out of faith, in faith and fail than those who never step out at all. And also just remember that confidence, as we said in the hereafter, is giving us faith to fight for the here and now. So we're going to pray. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much that you have given us all a plan, Lord. We might not see it, but you have a plan for us, Lord. God, I pray today for the person who's sitting here and just knows that their wild faith, all that means is being obedient to you, God. I pray that you would give them the courage to fight and be obedient and do what you ask. Sometimes it's so simple, as simple as just obeying our parents, God. Lord, I thank you that you've given us your word to prove to us that you love us and that you have a plan and shown us that people in the past have gone before and that it's possible, it's doable, and it's hard, but we want to follow you, Jesus. 
Lord, I ask that today those who are feeling like a failure, those who are feeling hopeless, Lord, I ask that you would give them the courage to continue. Lord, I pray that you would bring hope to the hopeless. Lord, I pray that your victory would be enough for our failure, God. Lord, thank you for the people in this room who are going tomorrow to jobs and going to be fighting for you, God. I pray for the social workers and the doctors and the police officers and the teachers that are heading in to their first weeks of school, God. Lord, I pray that you would be with them, that you would be present, Lord, and that this whole year would be a home stretch and a fight for you, Lord. Lord, I just ask that those people heading towards jobs tomorrow that they hate, Lord, give them courage to love you in the hate, God, and the hate of the job. I pray that they would do everything as towards you and know that every step of obedience is a step of faith. Lord, I ask that those who just need an extra boost of courage would hear those cheers. God, I pray that you would make your will known to us. Lord, I ask that we would not be afraid to approach the throne of God because of Jesus, because of what you've done for us, because of your great love. Thank you so much that you are here with us and that you love us. Lord, I ask that we would be people of destiny, that we we would be people who fight for the truth and fight for you, God. Lord, I ask that we would fight for our families, that they would know you, God. Be present today, Lord, and help us to be present with you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.